Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And on this week's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be joined by my my buddy Pat again. Uh, We decided uh, we had time to manage to sit down and record with each other here again, uh, unlike in the past when we've had some difficulty scheduling some of those things. But uh, on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the Shudder original series Creep Show on their platform uh, platform service, and a prime movie called Breakneck, uh, one that we both, well, actually, I kind of stumbled across and, and then recommended uh, Pat to watch here for the episode. But, Pat, how's it going? Two weeks in a row. I mean, it's almost like we're getting this shit done for once. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> now, unfortunately, you don't have to worry about uh, what... I plan on doing here for the month of October because not only are we getting this episode out here at the last day of September, but we, uh, as I announced on Twitter today, I will be releasing an episode a day for the whole month of October, 31 days of horror. Uh, I've already pre-recorded two of those days, uh, as uh, some might notice when they get to, I think, the second episode uh, that I cover. I kind of mentioned I'm recording that in the future, but... uh, yeah, uh, you don't have to join me on that, fortunately. Uh, it's going to require a lot of time and, and dedication. But those are going to be a little bit shorter-formed episodes, just kind of some Halloween recommendations to get you in the mood. You are probably a little bit crazy to be doing that, but hey, as long as you pre-record enough, yeah. you'll be able to get this. You'll be able to give yourself enough of a break that you're not driving yourself insane. Absolutely true. And and uh, Crystal from the Horror Nights End podcast, this was kind of one of her things that she did when she launched hers last year was she did, pretty sure she did about one a day, or she did, um, I know for sure she did definitely Christmas. I think she did, did a bunch of mini episodes then. But uh, So it's not anything new, but I figure, you know, we're in that, time of the year it's my favorite month uh it's you know my favorite holiday so why not uh you know give some recommendations out there for some people who might not necessarily be into the horror genre a whole lot but when they hit october they kind of want to get in that mood and spirit a little bit so all right well we're gonna go ahead and talk about um creep show and you didn't get a chance to watch any of this at all but are you interested in it have you seen anything about it definitely interested i haven't really seen or really heard too much about it though okay well it's being uh produced and some of the episodes directed by greg nicotero who's worked on the walking dead and he's been in the uh horror industry for quite a few years now in practical effects and whatnot but they decided to uh kind of relaunch creep show uh as a anthology series and uh they're doing it exclusively on shutter and uh it's kind of filtered or kind of uh, formatted the same as like tales from the crypt and and the even the creep show movies uh this is kind of like a reboot of the movies a little bit but uh you know Stephen King and George Romero were involved in the first movie for that and then they had their sequel and then they had a really low budget uh third movie made that really didn't really it wasn't really a creep show movie it was just creep show in name but uh, you know, it's it's streaming on on Shutter. It's releasing an episode once a week. I kind of like that it's broken out between two twenty minute segments, or roughly twenty minute segments. It's it's an hour long program or forty minute long program, 
but they they break it up into two different stories and i i really appreciate that um I mean, maybe at some times I would maybe like a longer one, depending on what the story is being told. But uh, I can't I can't fault them for doing this. And I think it was very effective for their first episode. They've got their kind of the creep uh, who kind of introduces the stories, looks exactly like the original kind of creep from the um, the 80s movie and and kind of still retains some of that uh, style from from the original film. Now, it did uh, two stories. Uh, the first one was uh, Grey Matter, which is an adaptation of a uh, Stephen King short story from his uh, was it Graveyard Shift uh, collection, I believe. And that is following a um, young boy who is going to pick up his dad uh, some beer and uh, talking to the locals during, uh, I believe in the actual story, it's a snowstorm, but in this, it's a, like when a hurricane is approaching and kind of explaining that his dad is uh, not normal anymore, that something's going on there. And uh, that one stars uh, Tobin Bell from Saw, uh, Guy Nicarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad, and uh, Adrian uh, Barbeau from Swamp Thing, from the original Creep Show. Uh, she was in Tales of Halloween. She's been in a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, one of the things I liked a lot about this segment was. Uh, they had a since it's set in kind of the Stephen King universe. They had plenty of Stephen King uh, Easter eggs. Like you see a whole bunch of missing pet posters, and you have Cujo's missing, Church the cat from Pet Cemetery's gone missing. But then you also see a, a a missing poster for two twins, and it's the Grady twins from The Shining. And so I thought that was a really cool kind of connector. And in fact, you even have um, Tobin Bell as the sheriff. He says. Oh, so and so saw something down in the sewer, which is a reference to, of course, it and Pennywise the clown. So I really liked a lot of those uh, references and the the way that the story is told is is really good. It's mainly flashbacks and uh, and it's pretty gruesome. So I mean, it they did a really good job with this and they adapted um, you know it pretty well for for the screen. And then the uh, the second segment was called um, House of the Head, I believe. And this one, I didn't quite like it at first. I, I think it's the the lesser of the two segments, but it was it was it really got me near the end of it. About halfway through that segment, I was like, okay, I'm really picking this up. And it's kind of about a young girl who has a dollhouse, and um, she keeps getting uh you know more things for it and whatnot but one one day as she's kind of got the family in it it's got you know like a little mom and a, and a dad and a boy and a dog but she comes home you know from some activity or from school one day and all of the figures have moved and they're all kind of looking or f kind of focused on something and she finds that there's this little like zombie head that came from nowhere and it's just there and uh things kind of progress she goes away again for a little bit comes back now the dog is outside it's been kicked out of the house the family's in fear and so she uh ends up like she goes to get a police officer doll to kind of help save the family and and things kind of go off the rails at that point and i i think it had a very unsatisfying ending to it but it was still for a story that when it started out, I wasn't really caring for it a whole lot. Uh, it did a lot to bring me back into it and go, 
you know, had me feel for this little girl and having wonder what the heck's going on. But it didn't give enough kind of explanation as to why that head was there or why the head was doing what it was doing. And I thought that they would because you uh, realize that, or you don't realize that, it's basically told that the the kind of doll maker that they go to who makes all these different dolls and whatnot is the one who sold them the house set and everything. So you would assume that there was some connection there, but apparently there's no connection. Um, but for a first episode of a series that I think I had very high expectations for, I was very pleased with it. Uh, I think it's got 13 episodes for its season. They're releasing them weekly, which I think is fine because that'll allow me to keep up the pace with them. Uh, and I'm uh, very happy with it. So I think uh, for the first episode, I'm going to rate the individual segments uh, rather than the thing as a whole. Um, so I'm going to rate Grey Matter um, at a 4 out of 5. I think that some things were a little unnecessary and some things were a little drawn out. Um, and they could have maybe hooked it better with a better ending. It made sense, but it, but it just... Uh, they didn't do enough exposition on that part. As for uh, House of the Head, I'm going to go with like a 3.5. Uh, it gets a little bit better once you're through the first initial scenes of it. But I was very, very pleased with what they've got. It's very promising. In fact, I found it a lot better uh, than the Twilight reboot because the Twilight Zone, or not Twilight, but Twilight Zone reboot uh, on CBS All Access, I couldn't, I haven't made it past episode three i think i've watched three but i haven't gone on uh, i plan to at some point but uh, i just don't feel really any interest in there right now so i think with the way that they've approached it they're telling two different stories in one segment doesn't make it feel like it's long uh if a story you don't like it, it's done and then you're moving on to the next one uh i think it's very promising uh do you have any thoughts pat interested in it with the uh, first segment being written by Stephen King pretty awesome uh, but uh, in the meantime while you were talking there I was able to look up who wrote the second one mm -hmm. and it's actually uh, Josh Mallerman the guy that wrote Bird Box so oh okay interesting thing to add on there yeah I, I uh... have a great great uh, amount of writers for the following uh, episodes in the series, so I'm gonna definitely have to check it out. That's right, especially when you have uh, access through me, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so right. I think that's gonna gonna kind of wrap it up for, for the review of that. And uh, so now we're gonna kind of talk about our, our mainline review. Um, now, this movie kind of has two different titles, because I was trying to look it up on IMDb earlier today, uh, just to kind of I wanted to look at the cast a little bit, and um, I couldn't find it, which is an issue that you ran into when I was uh, trying to um, direct you to it to get it watched today. But the the title uh, of it on Prime, at least searching on my cell phone app, was Breakneck, um, but you couldn't find that, right, when you were looking on your TV? So when I was looking on the TV, nothing came up, and I searched on my phone. I, I just ended up watching it on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it uh, So the actual, I guess, actual title for it is called Ride. Um, but what's even funny about that is that the synopsis on IMDb doesn't even have the right names for the characters, but then when you look at the cast, the cast listings are for the right characters. So 
I don't know. I mean, it looks like this was a movie that was shot uh, in Italy, and I do, I'm guessing that it was marketed for an Italian audience, so I don't know if there were things that were kind of lost in translation. Uh, maybe Ride was the American title, but Breakneck was the Italian title uh, translated. But I, I like Breakneck better than I do Ride because um, I feel like Breakneck is an actual apt description for how the movie actually is. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, definitely with the how the movie goes on with the BMX bikes going throughout. I mean, you definitely, I think Breakneck would be more fitting for what could actually happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think it's more an app title. And, and it's just like the movie moves at that fast speed as well. So like you kind of feel that momentum. So the basic premise uh, of the film is these uh, two kind of adrenaline junkies, Max and Kyle. Uh, Kyle's got a wife and a young daughter. And Max is kind of the playboy who uh, borrows way too much money. And they uh, do these kind of extreme sports things just for the heck of it. They looks like they've got like a YouTube channel and they're getting subscribers and they're trying to make money that way. But they, you know, climb those really like tall towers without any safety harnesses. They uh, do the kind of crazy bike stuff that I still don't know how it's possible. Like I know it's possible, but like when you're in that opening sequence and they're riding the bikes and uh it's it looks like maybe it's like Spain, maybe it's Italy, and the uh, the one of the bikes like just goes up on the side of the building and is just kind of you know going along there, and then before it hits the ground and everything, and I'm like, I just don't know how that's possible. Um, but they uh, both kind of are find themselves in situations. Kyle is uh, you know dealing with some trouble at home. His wife doesn't want him doing these type of events anymore. She wants him to settle down, get a real job, make actual money. And Max has found himself in kind of a tricky situation with, uh, I assume, is a loan shark uh, or some type of kind of mob guy. Uh, and they're telling him he has to have basically $100,000 in two days or they're going to murder him. Um, so... I also get the kind of um, vibe that this is set in the low, like the not too distant future. Did you feel that? Uh, I mean, with I don't know. It, it's hard to tell. I I could see where you would get that with like the the kind of like the electronics that were being used. Well, it's not so much but, the electronics. Uh, it was the when they're on that big giant like. Uh, electric billboard uh, when they're getting the invitation for the uh, the competition like just something about that just kind of struck me as like it's not like not saying like it's a hundred years in the future but maybe like 10 or 15 years in the future where we've our technology is just slightly more advanced I can see that yeah I mean I don't know. It's just kind of my thoughts on it because they obviously like they had YouTube a little bit, uh, you know, kind of in the beginning. But some of the other stuff just kind of changed a little bit and was like non YouTube, non Facebook. But they uh, get this invitation for the super secret uh, competition to uh, do this crazy race. 
Uh, and if one of them wins, they get $250,000. And they've got these commandments that they can't break. And you can o they only reveal the first two commandments uh, at the initial video that they get on their phone. Uh, the first one... Uh, oh, gosh. I'm, I'm blanking out on the first one. You just watched this recently. Do you remember what the first one was? That the don't, don't reveal the secret? No, that's, that's the second that was... commandment. Um, uh, first one... Oh, man. I remember it, it wasn't like it wasn't anything super secret. It was just like I, I think it was something like enjoy the race or do the race or something like that. Um, but yeah. then because then the other three. Don't, yeah, don't stop or whatever. Maybe that's it. Uh, but yeah, the other the other like two commandments that they don't reveal get more strict and more uh, crazy. And I, in fact, I don't even know if they really revealed the fourth commandment. I, I can't. Um, I can't remember, but, uh, the, I think it was made, if they did, it was near the midway point of the movie after some things kind of take a turn, but, um, oh, I was going to say that the, I don't think the fourth one really made a difference. It, no, it, it certainly, it, it certainly <laughs> doesn't. The one that makes the most difference is the third commandment, which is revealed later that you, uh, you can't help your, uh, they're not really par they're partners, but they're not partners. They're still uh, competing against each other, but you can't help the other contestants. And um, so, basically, they both agree. They uh, get kind of kidnapped in the night uh, by by the people kind of involved in this, and then they wake up and they're being introduced to the rules of the contest, what they've got to do, how they're going to earn points. Um, you know, they get their GPS tracker. They've got to turn in all their personal uh, devices or, or uh, possessions. And um, one thing I did forget to mention is this is basically almost like a found footage movie. I mean, this is all like drone cameras, GoPros, uh, any type of like regular handheld cameras. And uh, I thought it really worked for this. I, I don't know about you, but what are your thoughts? The, the first one was don't be afraid that's oh, okay <laughs> yeah it was in it was innocuous like i remember it being like something like well There's these guys are going to be yeah they these guys are you know in it for the adrenaline rush anyways so don't be afraid other than like what comes later on you know in the movie they might be like okay be a little bit afraid but that's not one that anyone can actually like register um but the found footage aspect, or at least the camera aspect, did that work for you? Uh, to be honest, like I thought it was very well shot. Like the uh, the the GoPros that they used, like it wasn't overly shaky or anything. Like I was actually kind of surprised because I, for the most part, I thought that it was going to be a whole lot of footage that would felt like I was, I don't know, just not going to be able to enjoy. Well, I remember your your first. Movie. Your first question to me when I when I told you a little bit about this movie was, oh, is it a shaky cam? And I'm like, well, I mean, kind of when they're on their bikes, but I think even at that point, they don't, uh, like you said, it's very competently shot. They have enough stabilizers on the GoPros that uh, when they're doing the crazy tricks, it, it's not shaking a whole lot. Another thing I really like about the movie is the setting. Um, they, you know, they're starting off kind of in the snow uh, in the mountains and then they kind of make it down into the regular terrain. Um, I don't know, like, it, I guess this was maybe shot in Italy or at least somewhere overseas. They picked a great location. I mean, I thought that it, a lot of it really worked and, uh, that, 
um, the, I, I don't know. I can't imagine where they would f- have this place that would have all these different kind of like, you know, tricks and, and, uh, obstacles for these bikers to go. But I thought it was really, really impressive. Yeah, they definitely had a lot of, wherever it was, it, they had a lot of land to be able to do it. That's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and so as they kind of come, come across, like, uh, I think you and you and I were talking about this before we started recording, you were just thinking this was kind of going to be more of an, an, just straight up kind of action with maybe some thriller elements a little bit, um, that, you know, there was going to be kind of more going on and then just the race, but then it added a little bit of a slasher element to it that you weren't quite expecting. Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're out on their bikes and then, like, other people start to show up. You're like, oh, wait, not at all what I saw coming. Exactly. Like, you have that, that guy that's kind of in that uh, on the motorcycle and he just kind of comes out of nowhere and, and uh, straight up, like, knocks uh, Kyle off his bike. And I don't know where the nail came from. I'm still a little bit confused I, I about think- that. I think it was a baseball bat that had nails in it. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. That, that's probably what it was, but I, I I didn't think, like, when he hit him that it hit his leg. I thought he, like, hit him more kind of in the chest. But, yeah, I, I, I can see that being, you know, part of it. But, yes, as, they, as they're kind of getting – and I like that it's broken up into different levels. Like, it tells you when they're in level one and then they're in level two, and it's, like, right when they get around into level three, things start kind of – going off the rails and there's more to this than what they originally thought. And, um, that's, that's the other thing about this movie is it really kind of keeps you on your toes. Like, uh, you are just as lost as Max and Kyle are as to what's going on in, um, in the events of this, uh, movie. And I thought that was a really, really good, uh, aspect of the film. So I, um, I really wasn't expecting this movie to go in the route it was going to. And uh, I wondered why it kind of showed up in the horror section of uh, Prime, because I'm always through there kind of scrolling through uh, to find movies to, you know, oddly go to sleep to at night. And um, and this ended up in there, and I'm like, oh, this sounds not like a horror film. And I watched the trailer for it, and I was like, okay, this, you know, this sounds interesting and whatnot, but... Uh, I didn't know I was going to enjoy it as much or have some of the horror elements, especially when you get towards more of the end of the movie. And we'll talk about that uh, a little bit further on. Um, But I think one of the things that makes this movie work really well is the character relationship between Max and Kyle. Like they are best friends, but also they're doing this for their own reasons. And uh, I think Kyle is more of a good person that Max is, and then you really, like, see, like, even though Kyle's his best friend, Max is literally a human piece of shit at certain points. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the contest kind of puts them, like, up against each other, and it's kind of a free-for-all at that point. They can't, they can't really, uh, help each other. So it makes them, it, it really brings the worst out in both of them. Yes, I'd agree. Um, it, as, yeah, as that, that's more, they definitely become more competitors at about the mid midway mark through the movie uh, when some things are revealed, and we won't go into them here because it's, it's spoilers. Um, and uh, so we'll have to be also a little kind of 
um, careful around when we talk about the, a little bit about the end of the movie so we don't spoil anything there. But yeah, I, um, I was looking at, at one of the reviews on IMDb for this and I thought it was a little disingenuous because it just... Uh, it, it just was kind of like, oh, this was an awful movie, awful acting, awful camera work. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I don't see, I didn't see any of that when I watched this. Like I didn't read that review prior to, um, to watching the movie. I, I, I read it afterwards and I was like, I don't, I don't see that. Like for this being a movie done by Gravitas Ventures, which makes a lot of these low budget, um, Sometimes action, definitely they do a lot of low-budget horror. Uh, a lot of their movies sometimes work and then sometimes don't work. And they're the ones that don't work usually are more than the ones that do work. So when I find one like this that I find that really kind of surprises me, catches me off guard, uh, I think like they lure you in really well with a lot of the the kind of theatrics with the bikes. Like... I would watch kind of BMX and like motocross stuff when I was in high school. Uh, I was like stuff I could never do. I got on a dirt bike once and I tore up my whole side of my leg because I didn't know how to ride it right. And uh, so like I'm too scared to go anywhere near all that stuff. So it was kind of really cool to see all these different tricks. And I really find it impressive how they were managed to shoot all of those tricks and then kind of put it in this uh you know scenario of this kind of elite uh race that only kind of like the ultra wealthy are able to kind of like really watch because they even ask is this broadcast out anywhere i don't want my wife to see me because i'm gonna get in trouble and the the guy's like this is not broadcast anywhere only our group this black babylon group uh are going to be watching this and so i i'm was really pleased with it and really shocked and surprised that I found the characters really um, identifiable a little bit. Like I can see part of our, our friendship. I mean, we're not like those characters a whole lot, but the, the friendship aspect of it there, like that's, that that's how best friends interact, at least like for when they're not being complete shits to each other. Are you trying to say that you're, you're the, uh, the good guy in this one and I'm like the piece of shit that there is money to people? <laughs> I, I would say only some of those aspects are, are the same. I mean, you're... you're <laughs> I, I mean, I'm more of the probably level-headed of the group, uh, of the two of us, and you're the more risk-taker, uh, you know, kind of... Okay, that's fair. You know, hot-head hot sometimes. Um, but... <laughs> You, but that friendship, you know, these guys, especially when you get to the kind of the end with everything that goes on there, I, I feel like that's, you know, kind of that culmination of that friendship. And that's definitely, I think, a bond you and I have where, you know, we would live or die for each other if, if needed. We're there for each other at the drop of a hat. Definitely. And I think that that always portrays well into most at least most films, I won't say all. <laughs> well, yeah, especially if they do it right, and I feel like this was a situation or a film that did it right. Where that's why when I read that review, I'm sitting there going like, "Wow, you didn't have that kind of connection. Like, you don't have that. You can't empathize with that friendship or finding yourself in a situation that um, you know you're kind of out of control and." And yet you've got to kind of compete against your best friend because you've got your own motivations and I've got my own motivations. And yet you're being in constant conflict, but that's not 
how your friendship is. Like you don't want to be fighting your best friend. And I thought that was a really cool aspect to it. Sure, man. And, uh, I don't know, do you want to move on into, to like the end of the film? Yeah, we can, we can start moving on there. Um, I think I'm going to just go ahead and say like mild spoilers a little bit. Uh, we're not going to try to go into anything like too detailed, but, um, I'm afraid that if you're listening to this and then uh, you listen to all of this and then you go and watch it, some things are going to be kind of ruined for you a little bit. So if you want, go ahead and, you know, pause, pause the episode now, go watch the movie on Prime, and then come back and listen to the rest of this if you uh, don't want anything kind of ruined for you. So as we kind of find out um, later on in, in the movie that this is – kind of like a a ritual sacrifice type thing um that now there is something i'm going to talk to talk with you about uh after we're done recording because i want to get your your thoughts on it and that's going to be too far into spoiler territory but uh you know there are definitely things that make the make each character question certain things about the contest and uh so Max goes about it one way and Kyle's going about it in a completely different way. But we, we do kind of come across in the, in the final act or the climax of the movie um, that this is all part of some type of orchestrated ritual sacrifice. I don't know if it's annual or if it's like every 10 years or 50 years or 100 years, but uh, that that there are definitely motivations for why this group, this black Babylon group is doing this. And I thought that was a really interesting way. Cause like, again, this movie keeps shifting the goalposts and keeps you on your feet. Cause you don't start getting that kind of impression till about again, there the midway of the movie is really where things start kind of taking a turn. And, um, you, then you kind of get that revealed. And then, there's something else at the at the actual climax of the movie, the last you know seconds of the movie that really also kind of make you go, okay, well, where's that going? Um, but you know, both of these uh, characters move on to phase two. You don't know really what phase two is, and then you find out that there's a phase three, and we don't know what the hell phase three really entails. Of but what what were your thoughts about that kind of shift in the narrative? So I think like it really took off when they started hitting the checkpoints. Yeah. So like the first one, he gets that energy drink, and you're like, okay, that's like real gimmicky. <laughs> okay, he thinks that he's still doing this reality show, and then like he starts hitting the second, third, fourth checkpoint, and then like it starts showing videos of like how long they've been recording them for, yeah. and it like dates back like years. It dates years, back at like, least to the birth of his of his daughter. Yeah, like, years. So, like, they had been watching them for so long, so, like, the the time it took for them to really orchestrate this was just insane. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, it goes to that kind of, like, what like what was it about these two guys that they that kind of caught their attention and they're like okay we need to pit these two together and we need to put them through this kind of insane challenge and um yeah the 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 level like they just they kept the mystery throughout the whole movie and i think that that was something that i really appreciated and really enjoyed and it kept me like wanting to finish it i remember i was 
watching it last night and uh i was i think i had about the last 40 minutes of it and i was getting uh a little tired and i was like okay i think i'm gonna go ahead and move into the bedroom and uh put it on there and hopefully i don't fall asleep and it just had me going like when it ended i was like wait 30 minutes have gone by already like what the hell man like i, I want more i want more so um yeah, they and then like of course you like you said he starts out he gets the kind of the energy drink at the first checkpoint, but then he gets um, like epinephrine, and then he gets a bullet, and then even uh, Max at one point gets a gun, and uh, and there's a whole reason bef- like why it works that way because they have their own alternative paths like they have their own pre predetermined routes that they have to take they've got a little GPS thing that tells them which way they've got to go so black babylon knew what to put in each one of those checkpoints for a certain extent and uh yeah that that just like thinking of a group that would do this like level of detailed planning kind of blows my mind and uh go ahead i was i was gonna say they knew what they would do every single time yeah yeah i mean like they like yeah that's it's impressive that they could predict pretty much every single motive uh or action or reaction of each character and and there's a lot of mental manipulation as well um the one thing that kind of comes to mind is uh max when he gets into the underground um area and he's kind of seeing some things there uh he comes across like the security guard and the security guard's like telling him, oh, no, 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 you need to get back up there. Like, get back up there, get back up there. This is going to be bad. Don't do this, don't do this. And then, like, Max, I think even, like, kind of bull rushes him a little bit, uh, scares him away. But then as Max goes back up, like, the guard comes back, and he just kind of, like, nods at the camera. And you're like, well, wait a minute, was that all an act? Like, was, like, what was... Other than maybe forcing him back onto the track and onto the path, like, what else was going on there, you know? Yeah, it, that was, like, the point where I, where I knew, like, that they had them doing everything that they wanted them yeah. to do. Yeah, like, they even, knew... Even, like, they, they wanted them... They wanted them to help the people. They wanted them to do every single step along the way, and... That's, they fell for it every single time. Yep. Uh, uh, I think the only only time that they didn't actually fall for something um, was uh, basically the end, you know, uh, with, with an antidote and with what Max planned there. I think that was not necessarily expected. Now, they were able to adapt to it. But I don't think they expected that to happen. Now, uh, that cliffhanger ending really bugs me, and I like it at the same time. Um, and we're not really going to go into detail about it, but other than how we felt about the that ending, I really liked it because uh, because I thought it was kind of a cool culmination of everything else that's gone on. That almost like the game is never going to end. Uh, but at the same time, I wanted more. Like, I wanted to see that kind of final confrontation a little bit more. Like, I wanted a little more closure. But I think when a movie can drag you in, like this one did for me, 
because I'm not going to say like everyone's going to like this movie. I think that there are people who are not going to be intrigued at all. But uh, I like I when you can do that where you can make me angry and happy at the same time with your ending. Uh, I think you've done a good job. But what what are your thoughts on the ending? Uh, on the ending, I think it just showed that they were able to uh, to get him hooked back on his adrenaline kick that he has. It's kind of like a drug for yeah. him. Yeah. Oh yeah. It it uh, they they got him to the point where he like broke. Yeah, I, I, and I would agree with that. I I would say like they, because uh, that was the whole thing. Like he he wanted to do this one and done, be out, uh, you know, be there for his daughter, be there for his wife. Uh, but they kind of manipulated things a little bit, especially with that footage at the birth of his daughter, and um. And then, uh, you know, by doing what they do there at the end, kind of with the kind of sacrifice aspect of this, um, and then, you know, now he's kind of going face-to-face and essentially becoming part of the system, I think. I think that that's kind of where it was going to go. I would... I would really like for them to actually make a sequel to this if they could. I, I would like to get kind of more background behind the group involved, why they're doing this and, and everything like that. So I think that um, it's it's this, it, it succeeded in what it may not it may not have been of its intent, but it succeeded what it did, uh, what I wanted it to do in that sense of a first movie. Like it kept mystery there. It kept me intrigued. Uh, it was shot beautifully. I thought it was acted very well. Uh, I did have some issues with understanding some of the dialogue, and I couldn't quite have the the captions on because they were running ahead of what the characters were saying. So some things I might have missed out on. Um, but I, so I think I'm gonna rewatch it at some point and try to listen a little bit closer. Uh, it's certainly not too short. I mean, it's an hour and forty one minutes long. So I mean, it's it's got a decent runtime. Um, and I, I mean, again, like I see this with any movie that I come across on Prime that may not necessarily be the next Citizen Kane or, or uh, you know, Back to the Future or something like that, where it's this big budget movie and you're going to love it because everyone loves it. If you're coming across a movie on Prime and you're genuinely surprised with it like I was in this one, even if you don't end up liking it, you're not wasting any money if you're if you're a Prime member and you can watch it for free. So I think I'm going to go ahead and give it my uh, my review score, and I'm going to land on a on a four out of five. I think that um, there there could have been some things that they could have done a little bit better, a little more explanation on. Um, I think that uh, one issue I had a little bit was was the pill that they end up giving Max um, because it it was, seemed like when the effects took place they lasted for like five seconds and then, you know, it was over and I was like, well, I, I get it. It created a hindrance a little bit, but, uh, it didn't do enough to, I didn't know what it was and I didn't feel like it really kind of negatively impacted him a whole lot. Um, but I did like the characters. I liked the story. I liked how it was shot. I had some issues with hearing some of the dialogue again. I think it was because most of the cast was foreign, uh, it was filmed overseas and you know probably for budget reasons and so i think i'm gonna just have to give it a rewatch but i i highly recommend it i don't think you can go wrong there even if it's a forgettable movie to you it's a fun enjoyable one 
I'll land on a three and a half out of five. Okay. Yeah, I think I think overall it was like enjoyable, and I it was just the ending that kind of three throws you off, and you're kind of like, eh. The end, the ending's forgettable. The rest of the movie, you can kind of. Yeah, I agree. Like, I I, I feel like it needed to be at least extended maybe another five or six minutes to kind of just resolve that final issue. Uh, I knew as it was coming to that, I was like, it's going to cut off right there. That's going to be the end of the movie. And bam, there it was. So I think they could have worked a little bit on the ending. Like, they didn't need to take it a whole other step further. The Welcome to Phase 3 was fine. I just kind of would have liked to have seen that final confrontation a little like just to see the end of that final confrontation so yeah i think uh would you recommend it to anybody of course yeah definitely yeah i mean i i think it's it's again it's on prime you can't go wrong when you're not spending money on it that's that's kind of where i'm at right now (laughs) i mean i'm not spending money on movies that's what i tend to do i tend to tend to watch more movies on prime and i give more movies chances on prime when i'm not necessarily uh you know putting in any any bank towards it uh, it's um some final things to talk about before uh we kind of sign off here uh, have you heard about the this the joker news about kind of this um you know warning to theaters and war and kind of this i don't want to go political but some of the kind of political stuff that they're kind of trying to throw at it i've, I've seen some things okay it's it's the same it's it's the same thing for like when people are like oh video games are gonna make people violent it's like no people are just violent in general just i agree i mean things stop blaming things that aren't <laughs> going to uh that aren't causing anything Right. Uh, I mean, I worked at uh, at the movie theater, as, as you know, um, during uh, when Dark Knight Rises came out and when the Aurora Colorado shooting happened. And I mean, we had, uh, you know, increased uh, security. We had we had, you know, police officers on patrol. We certainly didn't let anyone in with backpacks or anything like that. Um, which was just normal theater policy in the in the first place, but which would annoy some people. I I got a I had an angry woman because she was trying to bring in a diaper bag, um, but it was it was like full of candy, and I told them that they couldn't bring that in because it wasn't candy that they bought at the movie theater, and she got really angry with me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's you can either leave it at the front or you can take it back out to your car, but you can't bring it into the actual theater. And I remember them getting very angry, but, uh, kind of that, you know, there, Joaquin Phoenix got some flack for walking out during an interview because they were trying to kind of bull rush him with a question of, well, do you think that this movie glorifies violence? And I, I mean, it's a movie. It's, you're, you're going to say Goodfellas glorifies violence. You're going to say Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. I mean, it's a movie. Like, what happened to movies just being movies? 99% of movies that are shot. <laughs> right? I mean, it doesn't have to be political. It doesn't have to be... Uh, and for one, it's a character that's a villain, for Christ's sakes. Like, you're not going in going, hey, this is the good guy. Uh, you know, it's... It, you should be going to see it to see Joaquin uh, Phoenix's performance. 
uh, how the story is told. I'm really intrigued considering it's out of the regular DC continuity or DCEU continuity. Um, how it's going to be if they want to make a sequel to it, how they will ever introduce Batman into that world. Uh, I'm, I'm just more intrigued to see his performance. Like I could find the story to be shit. I really just want to see his performance. And I don't feel like it's doing it justice by going around and trying to say, well, this movie glorifies violence. Like again, you said the video games, like you're trying to blame violent video games on shootings. I've played violent video games since forever and I've not done anything because I realize that it's video games. It's made up. It's not real. So I'm sorry. It's just, I don't understand it. Uh, but are you going to go see, are you going to go out and see the movie this week? Oh, it comes out this week. Yeah, October 4th. Ah, fuck. Um, yeah, probably. (laughs) Well, I know I certainly am. Hold on, it's also Comic-Con. Oh, Oh, shit. I was wondering, you and I haven't talked about that. Um, about Comic-Con recently. I was wondering if you guys were going this year. Um... Yeah, I plan I plan on uh, on getting out and seeing it uh, on Friday. I'm hoping uh, I don't know if I'll cover it during this month. I think I probably will, but I I uh, will, it will be its own separate uh, episode aside from the 31 Days of Horror. So, all right, guys. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode. And don't worry, you're gonna be getting uh, more episodes after this one. You're gonna get basically an episode a day covering a different horror film. Uh, those are going to be shorter formed episodes. Uh, the two I've already pre-recorded are about less than 20 minutes. Um, but I feel like, you know, if you're, if you're not into the horror genre a whole lot, uh, but you want to kind of get into the mood for, for Halloween and everything, I think you'll find some recommendations out there that, uh, you will like. So, uh, as always, if you could please go over to iTunes and rate and review, the the podcast it really helps us out makes us uh, kind of more findable searchable for other people to kind of find and uh, if you want to ever write into the podcast with any recommendations or anything you guys want um, to us to bring up or talk about on the podcast you can write in at criticsnotcynics at gmail.com all right guys well we'll talk to you next time <laughs>